looks like we've got sound. That's good. Always good. Always good to have sound for a audio format of entertainment. <laughs> it is kind of necessary. Anyways, hello everyone and welcome back to Sip and Spin. My name is Skylar and over here in a cute burnt orange floral lace dress is Brittany. Hello. This is a variety podcast where we talk about anything, everything, and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a minute. We've already forgotten how to do this. Yes. So... Apologies, because that was my fault that it's been a minute. Uh, I got COVID, so yeah, that's why it took us so long to do this. But she is back and better than ever, and... Well, (laughs) (laughs) I still have a little bit of shortness of breath going on, so if I sound out of breath reading these notes, keep that in mind, please. I don't even have that excuse, I just have allergies. <laughs> well, I also think I have a little bit of that, and like, I have like a little bit of a cough, but I don't know if it's like leftover COVID or if it's like allergies, so mm-hmm. it's just a fun, it's a fun time in my body right now. These seasonal changes will get you. Yeah. But yeah, COVID suck, 10 out of 10, do not recommend. You mean 0 out of 10? No, I mean like, I wholeheartedly don't recommend getting oh. it. <laughs> like, <laughs> by all means don't get it i haven't been that sick in a long time well other than that how have you been good really good weather lately Mm -hmm. it's the best month now finally yeah october spooky season which so i'm not i don't feel that bad about postponing us so much with my dying because now we get to do paranormal for the first episode of october yeah so it like weirdly kind of worked out so you're welcome. <laughs> I did that. Thank you, Brittany, for your service. <laughs> so how are you? I'm good. How have you been? I've just been working a lot, looking at new jobs. Did I tell you about that already? You told me you were hopeful about a dream job yes. type of thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very hopeful. So that's been going on, so that's really exciting. And then I've just been playing a lot of Stardew Valley as, <laughs> as per usual. Naturally. So when I get home from work, I, you know, crack open like a hard seltzer and I watch Criminal Minds and play Stardew Valley. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, truly sounds like a decent <laughs> night to me. So. Yesterday, <laughs> I started playing uh, Animal Crossing again for the first time in 10 months. Oh, wow. Marshall was so excited to see me. No. Oh. I always feel bad when I go so long and everyone's like, where have you been? I'm like, don't guilt trip me, you little animal. <laughs> Yeah, but like literally within the first night yesterday of me being back, uh, Marshall came over to my house and paid me a little visit, just hung out there. And then as I was like collecting stuff from the beach, he was like, do you want to come over to my house? I was like, sure. (laughs) Aw, he missed you so much. He missed me so much. (laughs) So cute. What are we talking about? Even though I already said it. (laughs) Uh, We're talking about paranormal. Yes. (laughs) To bring in the spooky season. Yeah. And what are we drinking? White wine. Yes. So we are drinking the Sauvignon Blanc Boda Box. And we love Boda Box here on this podcast. Boda Box, if you're listening, <laughs> give us some money. <laughs> I pretty much only buy you. Cheers. I don't like white wine that much, but it's pretty good. I like it. I had three glasses of it last night, so I knew what it tasted like. I love that for you. <laughs> I've had it before, so I knew what it tasted like. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's the white wine. If you like white wine. I love it. I'm here for it. That's <laughs> where I drink white wine a little bit more lately. I really like it when I'm cooking. 
Because sometimes red wine is just a little too heavy to drink while cooking. Yeah. And I also cook Especially a lot. Especially when you're getting, like, hot in the kitchen and, like, moving around. Yeah. And I also like to add white wine to food a lot. Yes. So then it also is just... So I've been, like, cooking a lot more because it's, like, soup season, which is also my favorite, like, thing to cook. And chilies. And so they're, like, really good. And, like, risottos and white wine just goes together. So, mm-hmm. so I've been doing that a lot lately. And, like, my favorite things to eat are, like, Italian food. And so I always mm-hmm. like to drink white wine. Just because, like, pasta can be so heavy. And so I feel like if you drink red wine with pasta, yeah. like, it's just a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Red wine's really good with, like, meats, mm-hmm. which I don't eat a lot. So, yeah. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I treat my red wine more like a dessert at the end of the night type of thing. But white wine's nice for, like, all day drinking. Yeah. Yeah. You can have a glass of white wine when you first wake up in the morning and no one will judge you. <laughs> yeah. Truly. <laughs> It's like juice. <laughs> Grown-up juice. <laughs> well, anything else? I don't think so. You'd like to touch on? All right. So yeah, we are doing paranormal, and I like I love this topic, so I was really excited about it. But I will say, my segment is going to be very short once again, which has been like my theme for a while now. Uh, but this time I actually have an excuse, because when I was picking my case, it was right before I discovered I had COVID and so I was just feeling like shit and I just literally didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to research. I didn't want to think about what I was going to do and so I was just very frustrated with like trying to pick something. So I picked something that didn't have a lot of information about it but I have what I have and like the consensus of what everyone knows the story to be so it's more like a legend Mm -hmm. like a local legend. But it's a lesser known one because of where it is, it gets really drowned out by the other big ones. But it's smaller, so maybe it'll be something new for people, which would be cool. But I do just want to say it is going to be a little short. And it's not because I like dislike the topic or anything, but I was literally losing my mind when I was trying to <laughs> pick something. And then when I was doing the notes, I was still like coming off of it, so I still had a little bit of fever. So it might be gibberish, and it might be fever brain Brittany notes. So we'll discover together if it's cohesive or not, and if it makes sense. Good, very good. But I just wanted to put that little caveat out there. Sorry. But I'm excited. I am interested if it's a story you know about. Probably not. So we're going to travel to West Virginia, which is widely known for... A lot of creepy legends. So West Virginia, you have Mothman. Okay, I was confused if Mothman was West Virginia or Pennsylvania. I don't know why I thought maybe it was Pennsylvania, but I don't Yeah, West Virginia is really just a hotbed of all the creepy shit. So it's Mothman, it's the Flatwoods Monster, it's the Greenbrier Ghost, and a lot of other ones. I've only heard of Mothman. Like I said, Mothman really just kind of dominates everything when it comes to like a big legend. So that makes sense. But there are a bunch there. And if you haven't heard of those, then I'm also going to talk about one that's maybe even smaller than those two. But it really terrifies the locals. Like, all of these places, like, people in West Virginia, they don't fuck with shit. They're like, no, we're literally scared of these things. And one of those legends is Screaming Jenny. Nope. No? Okay. Well, that's You can't I'm... tell paranormal is not my forte. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, like, listen to, like... And that's why we drink or something. So yeah. I don't know if... I don't know if they have covered it or if it, like, rung a little bell or... No. Whatever. Zero bells. So. If, if BuzzFeed Unsolved has not <laughs> talked about it, and if M has not talked about it, then I don't know. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure, actually. But it is, like, lesser known. So, let's learn about Screaming Jenny. 
So uh, this comes from Harper's Ferry, West Virginia, which is a very small town. I have heard of that place. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) This is like one of the smaller towns in West Virginia. Why have you heard of Harper's Ferry? I can't tell you, to be honest, but it's just like as soon as you said Harper's Ferry, I was like, oh, yeah. I know that. (laughs) Okay. Geography. I don't know. (laughs) Fair enough, I guess. Still a little weird. I have a weird knowledge of very weird things. <laughs> Twist, the paranormal all along was Skylar. <laughs> she is the paranormal here. Maybe I lived there once in a past <laughs> life. I don't know. That'd be cool. So yeah, so uh, Harper's Ferry, West Virginia. It's a very small town that's said to be one of the mountain state's prettiest towns, but also rich in a lot of fucking supernatural stuff. So, it's known for being very, very pretty, like, one of the most pretty there, but pretty spooky. Okay, so if it's a very pretty town, I almost bet that I've heard of it because of either one, someone posted a picture of it on Pinterest, and, like, if they do, like, any, like, ambiance pictures, I like to save those because they're really pretty. Mm -hmm. And two, if I'm writing and looking up, like, locations of, like, you know, like, if I'm looking up, like, small towns, but that are, like, yeah. So, I bet that's why it's ringing a bell. I can get that. I bet I came across it. So, it's, like... Is West Virginia the Appalachian Mountains? It is, right? Mm-hmm. It's like in that area, which I used Appalachian to... Appalachian goes all the way from like above West Virginia, all the way down through Virginia to North Carolina, South yeah, Carolina, Yeah, I was just saying, like, I've lived in the Apps. Like, I lived in those oh. mountains. Um, so they are very pretty. So I do uh, think they would be used for like, you know, like Pinterest. I could see it on Pinterest very easily. Especially because... also when I sent you that picture of Alaska and I was like, hey, you want to move to Alaska? Because I saw that <laughs> I one know, really pretty sure. picture. <laughs> you did do that. <laughs> I did. I, I think that way a lot. I'm just like, oh, pretty picture. So yeah, I saw a few photos of just like scenery and it does seem, it's very like mountainous, pretty, um, like kind of Stars Hollow vibes, but in the mountains type yeah. of thing. So it and is I cute. I fucking love the mountains. I want to live in the mountains. Yeah. When are we going to move to Maine? <laughs> <sighs> I wish. Tell Richard we, we all three need to get on that. <laughs> Just need to do it. Okay, so in 1833, the railroad that was being built at the time finally reached Harper's Ferry. This linked the town with the east, and part of the track passed through the armory yard. Years before, in the building of the armory, storage sheds were built along the riverbank to like keep up with building. So they would build the railroad, and then they'd pop, little pop-up storage sheds would come along the railroad. The old storage Easy drop off. Huh? Easy drop off. Yeah. <laughs> the old storage sheds were abandoned shortly after the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad was built. And it wasn't long before some of these less fortunate people in the town occupied the rundown shacks to make them their home. So the abandoned storage sheds that popped up for the railroad after the railroad was done, they just left on there like, well, this is useless to us. So then the poor people of the community claimed them as like homes. That's brilliant. Yeah. You I mean you make do with what you got. Mm-hmm. And um, rather than like tearing down other mountain, like tearing down trees in the mountains and stuff to make room for more homes, they just occupied the ones that were already there. Yeah. And the, it is good and like, I get it, but they were by no means like very substantial. So oh. while they provided enough shelter, the winter wind would still like get through every crevice oh. and the small fireplaces that the poor constructed did little, little to really keep the cold at bay. So they really were just kind of thrown up shacks, I would imagine would be the best word. But 
I think it would still be better than being out in the elements. So yeah, like nothing, especially in the mountains. Storage sheds. Like I wasn't picturing like a wooden shack. I was picturing almost like a yeah. Remember, like it's eighteen thirty three. A small warehouse. <laughs> what I was picturing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. eighteen thirty three. Remember I, the yeah. year. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. So it was really just like pop up, store stuff in while you're moving, and then you just left it or whatever. So it was probably just some planks of wood and a shitty roof. But hey, it's better than just being out in the woods. So according to this tale, Jenny was a very kind and gentle woman, and she had, but she had no family to speak of. She had fallen on hard times, and there was no one close to her that could help her or like protect her. She had nothing and no one. Hmm. So she had no other options. She occupied one of these storage sheds, um, and she occupied one of the smaller ones. So there were varying sizes, apparently. So she took one of the smaller ones that were abandoned and like just claimed that as her home. She never had enough to eat, and in winter, her fire barely kept her alive during the cold months. Still, it's said and widely believed that she kept her spirits up and tried to help other folks when they took sick or needed food, sometimes even going without herself so that another could eat. So she was just a really, really kind person who wanted to help others, even though she herself needed help. Okay, we have to take a quick pause uh, because the church bells were going off all around my house. Two whole minutes. (laughs) Yeah, they're a little uh, obnoxious, to say the least. <laughs> the Just very a least. <laughs> Just a little. But, yes, yeah, so Jenny, very kind, very sweet, starving girl who would give her food to others. Also, I know we were talking about how must how much it must have sucked, you know, in the winter, you know, being freezing and all. Imagine in the summer. West Virginia is horribly humid. And if you're surrounded by, like, wooden planks... All the bugs and everything that would be attracted to that kind of, like, environment where there's a lot of wood. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't want to be... I wouldn't want to be anywhere without air conditioning, honestly. <laughs> because, yeah. That's why everyone's like, would you rather travel into the past or the future? I'm like, I love the idea of the past, but I know I would hate it for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. Diseases, toiletry, just living (laughs) so you know like i like to go for like an hour (laughs) yeah but i still want my my comforts of now (laughs) so on a cold evening in late autumn again in west virginia in an abandoned shed so probably really chilly (laughs) on this evening jenny was sitting around her fire she was shivering and she was drinking broth out of a wooden bowl and then a spark flew onto her skirt and set it on fire oh but as she was so focused on eating her broth because yeah, she, she had starving. gone hungry, like she was starving, so she was trying to fill her stomach as much as she could, she did not notice her flaming clothes um, until the fire had burnt through enough of the heavy wool of her skirt that it began to torch her skin. So she was so focused on her food, so hungry, so cold, that she didn't even realize she was on fire. Because, of course, back then also, these heavy wooden skirts, you know, thick... It mm-hmm. had to burn all the way through until it oh my God. got her skin. And that's when she realized, oh shit. She was on fire. Literally. And so this is a quote. Leaping up in terror, Jenny threw her broth over the licking flames, but the fluid did nothing to douse the fire. In terror, she fled from the shack to run along the tracks, screaming for help oh, as, the, as the flames engulfed her body. We still have a little bit. I'm not, I'm not near done yet. But I feel like you know where this is going. I, she's going to get hit by a train. So, screaming for help as the flames engulfed her body. End quote. 
the train station was not that far away, so her instinct was to run to the train station to try and get help, which makes sense. I think that's a smart, good idea if you're out in the middle of nowhere. So she was hoping someone there would be able to help her. Stop, drop, and roll, queen. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't know if that was around. Because <laughs> I imagine you're also, like, so in a panic state. You just don't, you, you aren't thinking at that point. You're like... I am just flame. I don't know. <laughs> She's, that's all she knew. Her body was a glowing inferno within minutes, and Jenny was in overwhelming pain. Her screams became more blood-curdling, but her steps became much slower. She quickly lost her stamina due to her panicked running, and uh, while she was in flames, her will continued to push her in order to seek help. So even though she was exhausted, she was kind of panicking, frantic, Losing stamina, literally on fire. Yeah, I'm literally um, like losing stamina because of her panic running. I'm like, also, she was on fire. You know, I'd be panic running too, though, truly, if I didn't think to, you know, stop talking around. Another quote. She staggered blindly onto the tracks just west of the station, a ball of fire that barely looked human. In her agony, she did not see the glowing headlight of the train rounding the curve or hear the screech of the brakes as the engineer spotted her fire-eaten figure and tried to stop. A moment later, her terrible screams broke off as the train mowed her down. End quote. So, he did, tried to stop. The engineer did, you know, see this, probably a wild sight, truly, and tried to stop, but of course, that much momentum, it's hard to, you can't really stop a train on a dime. It's not really a thing that exists, and she got hit. Her scream At stopped. Least she was put out of her misery. <sighs> yeah, but at what cost? Well, cause also <laughs> it was 1833. They didn't really have a way to treat burn victims. Yeah, I mean, that's it's very true. She would have probably been miserable, honestly. For the rest of her life. And she probably... Even wouldn't... more miserable. She was already miserable. Yeah, and even... And probably wouldn't have lasted much longer anyways, because they probably didn't have a way to treat the infection either. Because when your skin is burned off, you have no coating to protect you from That is very true. Which is why they put burn victims in sterile rooms and allow no visitors unless they are, like, completely covered up. Because Mm. any sort of bacteria. Yeah. So, it would have just been even more awful. That's a good point. So, yeah, I mean, really, what could they have done? Um, So, her scream stopped and... And she was clearly unsuccessful in saving herself, but kind of like Skylar pointed out, why would it really matter? The crew from the train station were alerted by the whistle of the train and came running out as the engineer halted the train and ran back down the tracks where they found Jenny. Dead, but she was still burning. The men doused the fire and they carried her body back to the station. They gave her a pauper's burial, placing her body in an unmarked grave near a local churchyard. Not long after this, another family moved into her shack, and Jenny was just kind of forgotten. Like, you know, it's sad, but again, she was just, she had no family, no rural friends. She helped people, and she was known as kind, but she was just kind of forgotten. Mm-hmm. A month later, when a train was rounding the bend west of the station, uh, it was confronted by a screaming ball of fire. Too late to stop, the engineer plowed over the glowing figure before he could bring the train to a screeching halt. Leaping from the engine, he ran back down the tracks to search for a body, but there was nothing there. Shaken, he brought brought his train into the station and he reported the incident to the station master. After hearing what he had to say, the station master remembered the story of Jenny and realized that her ghost had returned to haunt the tracks where she had died. 
It's said that to this day, on the anniversary of her death, she returns reliving the same horrific incident of her untimely death. It, she's just a ball of flame that can be spotted if you look closely enough and apparently screaming, which honestly sounds terrifying and sounds like a horrible way to live your afterlife. <laughs> and like I really tried kind of to no avail to find some like first-hand engineer accounts on this, mm -hmm. uh, but they all seemed pretty consistent and straightforward to everything I've already said. It's just you kind of just see a ball of fire. It's too late to stop you run it over and from a distance if you're looking at the tracks you can like see like a ball of fire but you're like not quite sure what it is that you're seeing but mm -hmm. it's known to like the locals and stuff like that oh that's jenny <clears throat> every anniversary of her death someone claims to see her on the tracks burning and screaming looking for help and it's also too quickly for anyone to stop the train in time Engineers from nearby towns claim that they do not like coming through Harper's Ferry on a misty night, and especially on that night in particular. So, like, if you're a train engineer in that area, you fucking hate this track. <laughs> like, they are legit like, no, we don't fucking like going there, especially <laughs> on that night or on misty nights. Which I just think is kind of charming, but also, like, fair. So I'm not sure if uh, that points to her also being spotted on nights other than her anniversary because they said misty nights mm -hmm. or if there's something else again Harper's Ferry is known to have quite a few other little hauntings so maybe there's something else there but yeah people were just like nah we don't fuck with Harper's Ferry it's like <laughs> no nope, we don't want to go there I kind of love that <laughs> Harper's Ferry in general is considered one of the most haunted places in West Virginia it's one of the oldest towns in the state and is famous for its wartime history so, excluding Screaming Jenny on the tracks, the town also has multiple sightings of Civil War soldiers performing marching drills and the ghost of John Brown walking the streets at night. So, lots of little, like, hauntings in the area. That could be also where I've heard of Harper's Ferry and, like, <laughs> history classes and stuff. It could. And also just, like, being, for West Virginia, like I said, being West Virginia and how spooky it is to be named one of the most haunted <laughs> places in West Virginia, a lot of shit went down in Harper's Ferry. <laughs> But if you are ever in the area, like, I would love to go to West Virginia. I've actually never been, even though I lived really close to it. But if you're ever in the area, you can go on a t ghost tour of Harper's Ferry. This takes you around several blocks of the historic Lower Town section of Harper's Ferry to view a number of the sites and buildings that have had ghostly phenomenon reported or around them, in or around them over the years. And it's also open year-round, which is very fun. So. Nice. And that is Screaming Jenny, a uh, poor girl. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a little shorter, but um, it's fun. And nice thing about, like, small towns like that or, like, like, places that kind of always have creepy shit in it. Like, you can go there and ask him about it and they'd probably be able to, like, oh, yeah, Screaming Jenny, I saw her. Like, it's kind of like that vibe you get from it. So, you look into it online, you say pretty much everything I just said. Because that's, I combined, like, five different sites, which I'll list in my sources, but they all basically said that story. Mm -hmm. Some had more details than others, but otherwise it was very consistent. And then other people like interviewing engineers, it was all pretty much, oh yeah, we hate going through Harper's Ferry, or we don't like to go on Misty Nights through Harper's Ferry, or like on Jenny's anniversary, so. Yeah, very interesting. I've never <clears throat> heard that story before. So not too many like spooks to talk about, but just kind of like a little legend, which I like legends a lot. So. Yeah. Especially when they're, like, so specific and not, like, like, I love Mothman and stuff, but it's so broad and it's, like, so many different accounts. This one's kind of nice because it's very condensed to, like, one area and they're like, oh, yeah, she's terrifying. And I'm like, all right, that's all I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's what I wanted. <laughs> there we go. <laughs>
Okay, for my paranormal, it is about six pages of just history and then some paranormal, but like I was telling Brittany earlier, much different from my first, from our first episode. I, d I did take it somewhat seriously. I tried. <laughs> I did better. I, I, I like giving the history so that you know the ghost and also off topic, but I just noticed it. I like your necklace. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> the one you got me. Oh, squirrel. <laughs> Okay. It's hopping the fence. They do that. I know. It's cool. I like squirrels. <laughs> um, we have a lot here. <laughs> but the one um, you got me with the raven, it's clasp. is like I've fixed it like many times. Like I've taken needle nose pliers. I've like fixed it, but it was just to the point where like there was no more fixing it. Sadly, I have jewelry from that same place. And yeah, it's I'm learning very quickly that they're just kind of cheap, which is disappointing, but... I like, I'm going to keep it still, but I just, I yeah. just can't wear it. So I got this new necklace from James Avery. So it goes with all of my rings because all my rings are James Avery except for that one. Very cute. I do like it. But yeah, so today I'm probably talking about one of the most famous haunts and if not one of the most famous in the U.S., definitely the most famous in Kentucky. Okay. So I'm going to be talking about the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Okay, that's what I thought it would be. <laughs> yes. Yay, I want to go to here so bad. I do too. I think <laughs> we should go. So Waverly Hills Sanatorium first opened in 1910 as a place to treat tuberculosis patients in the southern part of Louisville, Kentucky. The building was much smaller when it first opened, but the expansion that we see today, the five-story building up on the hill, uh, opened in 1926 and included 400 beds. So tuberculosis is a bacterial infection. Pulmonary tuberculosis was a strain of tuberculosis that affected the respiratory system. TB was identified in 1882 by a German physician, Robert Koch. This is also when people started learning more about germ theory and how tuberculosis was an airborne disease that spread through um, bacilli from the mouth through talking, coughing, and sneezing. And it could also linger in the air for hours and... Um, in like dusty and dark places it could linger there for like days it and wasn't like the treatment for it like oh just get some fresh air yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll get to okay that. <laughs> and it's a very slow growing bacteria <laughs> so once you get infected with tb the bacteria grows very slowly within your body in the 1800s uh, tuberculosis was deadly and widespread and it killed one out of every seven people in the united states now from 1860 on, there was a steady decline in tuberculosis, <laughs> even before the antibiotic streptomyce streptomycin was introduced after World War II and was used to treat tuberculosis in combination with other antibiotics. So even before, after, like after World War II is when the bacteria, uh, the antibiotic was introduced and would be combined with other antibiotics, there was still a decline in tuberculosis before that. In the 1800s, tuberculosis was commonly known as consumption, coined for the way the disease would consume and eat, and eat away at people's bodies and their health. So back then, one of the most common ways people treated, in quotes, treated tuberculosis was by getting rest, eating a nutritious diet, and getting fresh air. Yeah. <laughs> um, this led to one of the first tuberculosis villages villages, so to speak, um, when John Krogan bought Mammoth Cave after he was diagnosed with tuberculosis and lived out the rest of his life isolated with, and the only people around were other people who also had tuberculosis, until he died of, of it in 1849. And the reason he chose Mammoth Cave is because if you ever go to Mammoth Cave, one of the things that they say is like, 
it's like tonic air and it's like where it's yeah. like a fresh like 57 <clears throat> degrees it's very clean there's not like humidity it's so that's why he chose mammoth cave i've never been to mammoth cave either me either but i'd like to go there also yeah it sounds it sounds fun <laughs> sounds fun <laughs> tv included <laughs> <laughs> well it's it, i don't think there's any more tuberculosis <laughs> like lingering out in mammoth cave but what do i know <laughs> i mean caves are scary <laughs> i still think we should go so those are the two things on our things to do. Mammoth Cave, Waverly Hills. I mean, neither of those are a far drive. No, not really. <laughs> so. It's a very boring drive. Like, the interstate is very, like, because yeah. you just get on the interstate for, like, 190 miles. So it's very boring, but you get some music going, have... <laughs> More boring than going to Chicago? <laughs> there ain't nothing on the way No, there was absolutely... But we had a... We, see, and we need to take Richard so that way he can drive. <laughs> And we can drink in the car. That is true. And that will make the drive less fun. <laughs> That'll make the spooky places real fun. <laughs> Maybe I'll actually see a ghost. <laughs> see something. Yes. Okay. So with the discovery of tuberculosis by Robert Cook came the sanatorium movement in the late 19th and early 20th centuries in 1882. Like a quick little timeline. In 1882, Robert Cook discovered tuberculosis in 1885. Edward Livingstone Trudeau built one of the first TB sanatoria in the U.S. and it was located in the Adirondacks. In 1934, tuberculosis sanatoria with four, uh, with uh, 4,500 beds in the U.S. were built, and in 1925, 536 sanatoria with 670,000 beds were built. The goal of the sanatoria was to give people the treatment they needed for tuberculosis, but also to keep the people infected with tuberculosis isolated from the rest of civilization to try and slow the spread of the disease. Mm -hmm. So Louisville was already on board trying to help people with tuberculosis in 1898. At a National Benign Bitterith meeting, the organization agreed to help fund the National Jewish, Jewish Hospital for Consumptives, now known as National Jewish Health, in Denver, Colorado, as people were flocking there because of the cool fresh air and like the sunny days because Colorado is very yeah very fresh very sunny <laughs> very fresh very fresh so fun so fresh <laughs> um I mean probably it's fun there probably <laughs> from 1899 to 1900 Louisville liquor wholesaler and distiller Samuel Grabfelder served as president of the hospital the Louisville Anti-Tuberculosis Association was formed in 1905, one year after the formation of the National Association for the Study and Prevention of Tuberculosis, which is now, um, or which became the National Lung Association in the 1970s. Oh, nice. Um, the Louisville Anti-Tuberculosis Association opened a free tuberculosis... It's a <laughs> it really is. I'm really struggling. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> Opened a free tuberculosis dispensary or clinic. Um, I don't know why they called them dispensaries. Because now I think of dispensaries as like yeah. <laughs> a, what a dispensary is. And, but it was basically just a free uh, TB clinic in 1907. The clinic was the first stop for tuberculosis patients. That's where they would be looked at, diagnosed, and they would either be referred to a sanatorium or told how to take care of themselves at home. Okay. There were two sanatoria built in Louisville. One of them was the Hazelwood Sanatorium, opened in 1907 in the southern part of Louisville, and but north of what is now um, Iroquois Park. That sounds familiar, so I'll just pretend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've only been to Louisville like once. It was open to any white tuberculosis patient in Louisville at the time. Or if you paid a small fee, you could be admitted to Hazelwood Sanatorium if you were outside of Louisville. So like if you were from like Eastern Kentucky or somewhere else, like you could pay a small fee. And but you still had to be white? You still had to be white. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, naturally. It remained an all-white facility until at least World War II. Waverly Hills Sanatorium was different in three ways. Um, one, it was only open to people from Louisville and Jefferson County, so you could not, like, if you were from Eastern Kentucky, you couldn't come stay at Waverly Hills. Two, it was completely publicly funded. And three, it was open to people of all races. That's still, that's not exceptional, though, because they still... I'll, I'll get to it. I was going to say, weren't they kind of shitty? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so. So, just because they were open to people of all races does not mean <clears throat> they were. <laughs> we're still in the South. Yeah, we're still in the South and they were uh, n- not treated very fairly. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, the first building, or the center building, was constructed in 1910 on land bought by Thomas H. Hayes and served as the clinic where hospital staff and administrators would stay. On each side of the center building, there were two pavilions, each with 20 beds. One of the pavilions was for women, and then the other pavilion was for men. The building had screen windows to let fresh air in, and then in 1912, a second building was constructed with screen windows as well. And by 1915, Waverly Hills had a capacity of 170 beds. A children's ward was also added near the first 1910 building, and then in 1926 was when the Gothic-style four-story, but now it's five stories, was built and was in 1926. <laughs> the building we know now yes. was built in 1926 and had 400 beds. Okay. And like each bed had a radio, there was a theater, a library, and a bakery all within that building. So all the rooms, they were like double booked, so to say. And it was like, you'd have like a pillar and then like, there wasn't like a, there was like a door, but like the door opened really wide and then it was just a pillar like separating the two doors but then the room was connected if that makes any sense like the there there wasn't like a wall separating two rooms it'd be like two rooms with two doors and there would just be a pillar in between or like a piece of kind of like in like some double hospital rooms now where it's just like a curtain but it was a pillar yes except the pillar only separated the two doors like it was where two doors were connected and, and then, then it was just open, open room okay yeah, yeah. i got you now But then there was, like, a giant hallway, and so, like, they would open the doors and they would just roll the patients out in the bed because it was just a wall full of, like, screen windows, and it was called, like, a sun porch. And so they would, like, roll people out. I've seen, I've seen the, yeah. Yeah, They would, like, roll people out onto the sun porch to get sunlight. I watched an episode on this recently, so yes, (laughs) I, I can picture the window room. And so that way they could, like, roll out of the rooms onto the sun porch and rest in the sun. And then a fifth story was also added later on. Also, there is a 500 foot long tunnel chute where bodies were sent down the hill when they died. The chute went from one of the lower lower floors of the 1926 building down the hill and was originally constructed to transport goods down the hill, but they did end up having to use the chute for the transport of deceased patients, according to, like, tour guides and, like, other, like, online places. Like, yeah, they used it to transport bodies, but it is not verifiable. And what I mean by not verifiable is just there are no first-hand primary source accounts of the tunnel being used as, like, a body chute. Have you seen pictures of it? You know they did. I... (laughs) 
They 100% did. Like, it's very common knowledge that it was used <laughs> that as... That place a... is creepy as fuck looking. Yeah. I've seen pictures of it. I've watched the BuzzFeed Unsolved video. I've, I've did you watch the, the new one? I started it, and then I was like... Which is really funny, because it came out last Friday, and now you're talking about it. So I was like, oh, is this the inspiration? But I was like, no, because we've had this planned for a while. Yeah, no, so I was like, you predicted their premiere. I, I did my notes before <laughs> they did their video, yeah. <laughs> Skylar predicted it. Even though they, like, recorded it months ago, it's fine. <laughs> but I just knew it was coming. Small world. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, it's very common knowledge that it was used to transport bot, uh, deceased patients down the chute, but, like, there are no, it like... It makes sense, like... Yeah. It sucks, but it makes sense. But there are just no first-hand, like, primary source source accounts of them using it as a body shoot. Like, no That's one's, good to know. I didn't actually know that. No yeah. one was writing down in their 1926 <laughs> diary, we threw a patient down the body shoot today. Like, no one was writing that down. <laughs> oh, Bruce. I will miss him. <laughs> He's with the shoot now. <laughs> and even though Waverly Hills from the outside seemed like a nice place for people with tuberculosis, because they were like, yeah, we have our own community. Like, we have our own economy, our own zip code, we grow our own vegetables, like that kind of thing. And they had nice things like sun porches. It was not all sunshine and screen windows. Yeah, I mean, of course. Um, A patient, Stella Hatfield, wrote a letter to her friend at Hazelwood Sanatorium saying how strict they were at Waverly Hills and how even though the nurses were nice, the doctors were not kind to them at all. Um, and she was really lonely, and the place felt like a graveyard, especially when she got moved to the fifth floor because she also had influenza. Oof. Yeah. So they just basically threw her up on the fifth floor and, like, we're done with her. <laughs> Die here. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. And so, also, even though Waverly Hills was open to black patients, they were not treated the same as white patients. Of course. White patients were allowed to stay in the four-story, 400-bed building, but in 1928, the 1912 building was overcrowded because the 1912 building was the one where black patients would stay, and they didn't have enough beds or enough staff in the 1912 building and didn't do anything to try and And they didn't care. No, they did not. They did not give a single fuck about these people. Yeah. Um, It wasn't until the 1940s that 100 more beds were added to the 1912 building. Oh my god. Yeah, just a hundred. So many years later. So many and years and only a hundred beds. Yeah. Okay. And it said nothing about adding any extra staff or yeah, just any extra amenities. Beds. Nope, just a hundred <coughs> more beds after 20 years. Jesus. Yeah. So Waverly Hills finally closed in 1961 with a death count of approximately um, 63,000 <sighs> since its opening. Um, after the invention of tuberculosis antibiotics, there was no longer a need for specific and isolated tuberculosis treatment communities, so it shut down. The building was reopened in 1962, so the next year, as Woodhaven Geriatric Center, a nursing home primarily treating aging patients with various stages of dementia and mobility limits, as well as severely mentally handicapped patients. However, Woodhaven failed because it was understaffed and overcrowded. Of course. Shock. It's almost like they saw that it was understaffed and overcrowded with the tuberculosis part of it, and they did nothing. Um, Woodhaven also had reports of patient neglect and was closed by the state of Kentucky in 1982. So that took 20 years? 20 years. Okay. Um, Then Simpsonville developer J. Clifford Todd bought the hospital in 1983 for $3,005,000. 
He and an architect, Milton Thompson, wanted to convert it into a minimum security prison for the state, but they dropped the plan after neighbors were like, um, no, please don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I, that's fair. They were like, let's not. And so they dropped the plan. Because <laughs> that probably would have made it even more haunted. Oh, 100%. In March 1996, this is the funniest part of this whole thing. <laughs> Robert Albert Haskey bought Waverly Hills and the surrounding area. Albert Haskey's Christ the Redeemer Foundation Incorporated <laughs> made plans to construct the world's tallest statue of Jesus. Shut up! <laughs> Just wait till I get to the end of this paragraph. On the site, along with an arts and worship center, the statue was inspired by the famous Christ the Redeemer statue in um, Rio. Mm -hmm. um, the first phase of the development was estimated to cost $4 million and would have the statue at 150 feet tall and 150 feet wide, situated on the roof of the sanatorium. The second phase would convert the old sanatorium into a chapel, theater, and a gift shop at a at an estimated cost of $8 million or more. You gotta have that gift shop for religion. <laughs> The plan, the plan to construct the statue fell through because the donations to the project fell short of expectations. So in total, with the $4 million to construct the statue and the $8 million right. to do everything else, they needed a total of $12 million. I mean, why? Yeah, of course. How much did they get? In a period of a year, only 3000 of the needed $12 million was raised towards the project, despite efforts to pull money from across the nation. Uh, the project was canceled in December of 1997. And you know, and and that's in Kentucky, and like the that Bible tells belt. you something. <laughs> There's literally probably about twenty churches just in our city. Yeah, I, I live There's right probably, across the street from. That's all we There's probably pause. twenty churches in just downtown. We had to pause because I had three goddamn church bells going off around us a second ago. <laughs> they, they only made three thousand of the twelve million. That's very telling. <laughs> that even Bible Belt Kentuckians are like, this ain't it. <laughs> This ain't the one. <laughs> That's so funny. I don't know if I knew that little fact. <laughs> like, Love it. I died. I was. I read that paragraph and I was like, I have to include this. <laughs> yes, we, we have to talk. So about it. glad you did. So after Albert Haskey's efforts ultimately failed, um, Waverly Hills was sold to Tina and Charlie Mattingly in 2001. They're still the owners to this day. The Mattingly's hold tours of Waverly Hills and host a haunted house attraction each Halloween with uh, proceeds going toward the restoration of the property. That's cool. Did they think it was haunted when they bought it? Or, like, do you know why they bought it? Was that ever, like, discussed? I don't know why they bought it, <laughs> okay. but they bought it in 2001 and the sanatorium wasn't called haunted until 2001. Okay. So I think they were the first ones to really experience the haunting. Okay. I was just curious about that just mm -hmm. to, to kind of see the motives and all yeah. that. I don't know why they bought it, but I don't think when they bought it, they thought it was haunted. Okay. They're also currently restoring all the windows in the building while restoring the interior of the old sanatorium. They host tours as well, uh, not just the haunted house, but they host regular tours, both historical tours and ghost tours all year round. Um, I also saw an article dated in 2014 about wanting to turn the sanatorium into a, like a hotel slash restaurant slash convention center. And I didn't see any updates on that. So I called them. Um, oh. <laughs> I did. I called them. Um, and they do, in fact, still want to do that and are working towards that goal, but it's going to take a long time. See, things like that I'm so iffy on because I'm like, mm, I don't know. Like, I think when they turn it into a hotel, it's going to be, like, over... It's still going to have, like, the haunted, but it's going to be, like, you can stay overnight and, like, 
the rooms and stuff. Yeah, I guess I have I have less issue I guess with that with like a hotel and a restaurant than I do with like the Lizzie Borden house being turned into an axe throwing bar. Did you know yeah, that? I because did not that's know that. in very poor taste because it's axe throwing. At Lizzie Borden's house. Yeah, I did not know that. Because that was like a like a hotel. You could stay there, and I was yeah. fine with that, and it was cool. But then, yeah, it recently, it, it turned into an axe-throwing bar. Well, because it's like the boat, um, that one like haunted boat that they did on BuzzFeed Unsolved. Like, it's a hotel boat. Like, you could stay in See, the See, I think that's fine. And, like, even a restaurant, I think, is cool. Because we have a restaurant downtown that's haunted, and it's cool. Which one? Cynthia's, but it's no longer Cynthia's. It just, it's opening this month. It's a new restaurant. Oh, oh, JC was telling me about that. It's Estella's now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which it used to be haunted by a lady. I, I don't never... know if it was Cynthia or, like, I've never went when it was Cynthia's. But, yeah, they just bought it, and it's opening this month, I think. Okay, so I remember I, like I remember JC telling me about that now, but... Yeah, it's haunted. But yeah, so, like, the restaurant thing, I, I can get behind more than, like, obviously poor taste party places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, well, like, by, like, hotel, restaurant, convention center, it's still going to revolve around what it is. Yeah. I guess my thing is, like, as long as it's still respectful, because I feel like just the Lizzie Borden thing was just got so fucking out of hand, and now it's, like, a party place, and I'm like, that's in really poor taste, but okay. Yeah, well, like, Tina was on the BuzzFeed Unsolved episode, and, like, she seems to have, like, a lot of respect for what happened there, and, like, what <clears throat> she, what her intentions are. Like, she wants... She wants like, to I restore get it. You the need building. money to yeah. make restorations and stuff. Yeah, because she just doesn't want it to like be torn down. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I can. Get it's kind of like how in Italy, you know, you can have a castle for free, but you have to like have plans to it. like restore it to its former glory and like benefit the Italian economy. Yeah, yeah, which is really dope. And <laughs> I've I always loved that idea. Still think we should get a free Italian castle and make our own God, and turn it into like a vineyard. Do you know how much vineyard. renovations are in a house? Yeah, I can't imagine how much they are in a castle. How much? Italian people love wine. If we make a <laughs> castle vineyard, it will make bank. God, I yeah, but they're also very, we'd have to make good fucking wine. We would have to make exceptional wine. <laughs> and but, we don't know how to make wine. But... They do have a good climate, similar to France, for growing, you know, fruits that would be included well, yeah, in the it's wine. Italy. Yeah. So <laughs> we could make it work. Yeah, I just don't know if we're smart enough to make it work. I'm smart enough to make anything work if it involves a castle. Fair enough. We'll, we'll workshop it. <laughs> Put it on our bucket list. Yeah. We'll make our dream board. <laughs> Okay, so after six pages of a history lesson, let's finally get into the spooky because I still have not done that yet. I'm excited. If you haven't noticed, we have not gotten to a single spook. And I also know a lot of the spooks, so I'm excited to hear about them again. Well, they're just, I, they're... You talk about Timmy, right? Yes. Like I said, there's only about like four paragraphs. So the sanatorium was not called Haunted until 2001. So the sanatorium, after having been abandoned, um, of course, attracted people to like go and, you know, poke around. People reported hearing voices and reported seeing the ghost of a little boy with a leather ball in the hallways of the, on the third floor. Who Timmy. was named Timmy. Um, there are reports of children laughing, faces appearing in windows of unoccupied rooms, shadow figures, and people appearing in photos where there was no one previously standing. 
Now, Tina also had a photographer with her, like, while they were working on renovations and stuff, like, taking pictures and, like, you know, trying to get a plan together. And the photographer was, like, freaking out and was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And Tina was like, what? What happened? And showed her the picture and there was, like, a person in the picture, but there wasn't a person in real life. Yeah. Spooky. Spooky. There are also reports of a ghostly woman with bleeding wrist who screams down the hallways. (laughs) I don't like wrist stuff. Yeah. I don't have a lot of things, but, like, wrist stuff freaks me out. So I'm, like, folding my wrist <laughs> yeah, <down. I'm> like, <laughs> yikes. And there are also reports of two ghosts together because supposedly a man and his dog fell down the elevator shaft from the third floor and people, including Tina, uh, reported seeing the ghost of both the man and the dog. And some people speculate that he didn't fall down the shaft, but that he was pushed. Yes. I did know that, yes. Um, one of the more famous ghosts is the man in white is the man in the white coat who hangs out by where the kitchens are at and uh, people would smell freshly freshly baked bread and hear footsteps around the kitchens even though the kitchens were obviously no longer functional which if you're gonna be a ghost that's kind of a dope ghost to be. <laughs> yeah. like I love doing a whiff of fresh bread <laughs> just out there baking bread in your little ghostly form like, you don't want to spook me just make me f- smell baked goods <laughs> so scary. Um, and, and another more famous ghost is that of a nurse on the fifth floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, people claimed to hear her footsteps and hear her, her voice around room 502. She was reported to have taken her own life because she was depressed and she was also unmarried and pregnant. And then she wasn't discovered for several days. Um, and a lot of people say she haunts the place because no one cared for her in life. And then she was left there for several days and no one cared for her in death either. But there, Yeah, it's very <laughs> sad. Um, but there are no records of a nurse passing away, um, but also they didn't really keep great records. So. Oh, yeah. Who's to say? Oh, yeah. People would also claim to be touched in room 502, um, and the room is also reported to have an effect on people. In 1932, another nurse jumped from the window in room 502, and people who knew her had no idea why she would do that. So there are two speculations. One, that the ghost of the original nurse affected her mind to make her jump out of the window and the other speculation is that she was also pushed by the original nurse who haunts room 502 the morgue on the first floor is also reported to have high activity there wasn't really anything else about it, it was just i know high activity i know at least on like i said if you guys like if you liked busted unsolved like we did Ryan and Shane, who did that, they have their own channel now called Watcher, and Ryan just released his project, which is basically unsolved, but it's called Ghost Files, and they just premiered last week, and they went to Waverly. And so when they did the morgue, they talked about how a lot of people hear humming. Mm. Um, So humming's a big one, and then they hummed, and they did get a reply of a hum. See, I didn't want, I started the video, but I never finished it. It is pretty creepy. It sounded like a legit hum caught on the, like, whatever device they were using. I can't remember which one. But yeah, so a lot of people hear, like, humming or just voices in the morgue. Or, like, just generic, like, spooky shit. Yeah. Yeah, because it's a fucking morgue. (laughs) It was just, like, high activity. It was, like, obviously the morgue is going to be very haunted, high activity. Um, But it was a very good episode. You should definitely go watch it, guys. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, I started watching it, and I got through, like, the intro, and then I was like, oh, shit, I got other stuff to do. So then I They actually got a lot of creepy shit. Like, Waverly is legit kind of (laughs) spooky. Especially being there at night. I can't imagine by yourself. 
Um, there are also rumors of a doctor who abused patients. Uh, okay. There were several rumors of doctors who abused patients because I'm sure they fucking did. I was about to say that uh, you guarantee you any hospital back in those times, it 100% happened. Yeah. Doctors yeah. abuse patients. It's, Even it's, now, like, it fucking happens. Yes. So. I almost went, I started having a whole rant in my head that I was getting ready to say. And yeah. I was like, that's off topic. Yeah. I was like, because it's still very, you know racially motivated racially and sexually these days again yep still so. the same especially black women are rarely ever get treated because doctors are just like no you're fine yeah it's just it's ridiculous bullshit gotta love systemic racism america um, america here we are <laughs> So when you would go into his rooms, like the rooms that he would work in, um, there are reports of pain from visitors like they were experiencing electroshock therapy, which was commonly used to treat patients when people's tuberculosis spread to the brain. Like, I'm all for ghosts interacting with me, but I don't want that. No. I don't don't want to be shocked. There's also the feeling of being pulled into the room, like by the, the doctor, like the ghost of the doctor was like pulling you into one of his patient rooms. I mean, I might like that, but don't shock me. (laughs) Don't get kinky with the abusive doctor. I know, I know. And then supposedly one of the most haunted places on the grounds is, of course, the body chute. (coughs) People reported seeing a phantom hearse where one minute they would see a hearse, they would look away, and when they looked back, the hearse was gone. Uh, Noises can be heard in the tunnel, but, um, and other than that, it's just like generic ghost shit down in the body chute happening a whole lot. And it's one of the most haunted spots, but there's not really a lot of elaboration because it's just like generic ghost stuff. Don't people think that there is a demon in the body chute? They think that at the very bottom there's like a a a portal. Or there's either a demon or a portal. There's like a demon that hangs out or something. I don't know a lot about it, but I just, I feel like I've heard like red eyes or something like that. Yeah, but there's really not like... A lot. Like, scratches. I feel like scratches happened, but, yeah, I don't know. People always like to throw in a good demon. Yeah, and that's, like, because the other Which, a name like the body shoot, I get it. Yeah, like, you (laughs) feel like terrifying. It's a 500-foot-long tunnel. You feel like there should be a demon at the bottom. But it's, like, with the ghost, like, you know, the nurse in room 502, the the first room break bread, like, multiple people commented on that. Yeah. Whereas, like, the body shoot was just, like, people are like, oh, there's a demon down there, so I don't really like it. But it is very, like, high activity. Yeah, so that is Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Fun. I took it a lot more seriously this time, and I tried <laughs> I to have be... that feel. I tried to be respectful of the ghost. I mean... Um... <laughs> <laughs> Her face says it all. <laughs> it's fine. I'm definitely, definitely a, a skeptic. I just gotta get you haunted. I, I'm less, I'm less skeptic than I was at the beginning, like, after our Ouija board session... And there's, like, something happened at work where I was, like, I'm pretty sure there was a ghost involved. So, okay. one day I was working in my section. I have five fitting rooms. The fifth fitting room I we use as, like, storage for, like, overflow of hangers, extra tea stands, like, mannequins, that kind of stuff, where we mm-hmm. just put them in that back fitting room so they're out of the way. So, one day I went in. I unlocked all four fitting rooms. I never left my area that whole morning. Uh, within 30 minutes, like, I didn't have anybody in my area. No one went in the fitting room, like, because if they did, I would have seen them because it was very slow that morning. We were only there for, like, 30 minutes before this happened. And I went back into the fitting room to hit my vape. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was nobody on the floor, and I was like, I'm just going to go back there really quick. 
and the third fitting room in the middle. So the technically the it's the one like directly in the middle, but it would have been the second to last one because the very last one was sort of the door was closed and locked and I had let no one in the fitting room. No one had been in the fitting room. No one had been back there. And I had unlocked them all. So I was like, that's weird. <laughs> Ooh. So I'm less skeptic than I was at the beginning, but I'm still kind of like skeptic. Like, you know, shadow figures. I'm very much with Shane on like, if you're staring into like a dark hallway for a long time, like you're going to see shadow figures because your eyes are going to want to. A lot of, I feel like ghost stuff is also psychological. A lot of it's very psychological. For some people, I think, yes. But uh, going back to shadow figures, no, my last house was 100% haunted by shadow figures. And I wasn't looking down dark halls. I was looking at my fucking wall next to my TV. Like, completely bright. And I'd see a shadow figure. That's besides the point. I lived in the mountains again. The Appalachian Mountains are very scary. And I had a full-on Civil War apparition ghost in my bedroom. So, that's another story. I'm I am more into the idea of <laughs> there being ghosts and stuff, but I'm still not entirely sold. Well, maybe we'll just have to take a trip to Waverly and set yes. you on your way. Take a trip to Waverly. Take a trip to the haunted restaurant downtown. Maybe something will happen. Well, that was fun. It was fun. I liked it. <laughs> like I feel like I did a very basic case, but it's no, still I fun. I really like Waverly, so I think that was a good one. Yeah. and I like the history behind it. I mean, I don't <laughs> like the history behind it because the history behind it sucked ass. But like, no, I think it's always good, especially like notorious places like that, to have the history because everything sucked back in the day. People were like, "Well, why is it always ghosts from this area?" And it's like. Because everything fucking sucked back there, and yeah, it sucks now, but like if I was we tra- have medicine and like plumbing and stuff now, but like back then, yeah, it, why wouldn't you be pissed and want to haunt everyone? Yeah, I'm like, if I was treated that way, I'd want to haunt. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'd be pissed. I'd be so mad. <laughs> yeah, it's like nowadays, like, oh yeah, you know what, looking back, I did have a good life. I can go on peacefully. It's fine. I don't have to haunt shit. But people are like, why is it always like a 1900s, 1800s ghost? And I'm like... Because they were fucking miserable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not no one bopping Britney Spears ghost because we're all <laughs> better than they were, let's be honest. Like, come on. Like, things still aren't great, but definitely not nearly <laughs> as, not even a not like, dire. fraction of as bad as it was back then. <clears throat> yeah, so like, I definitely get that. So when people ask that question, I'm like, Are you, is that a real question? Because <laughs> you're silly. Like, I understand, like, if ghosts are real. That I understand why they wouldn't be mostly from that time period. Yeah. Or if you're really, really angry because you were wronged in this one, then that's also fair. I just want to be reincarnated (laughs) as, like, the wind. (laughs) The wind? I don't know if you're there yet. Yeah. Your soul feels very young still. I'm not good enough to be the wind yet. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe when you're older. (laughs) Maybe when your soul is older, you can be the wind. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, that's <laughs> that is paranormal. The first time we've done paranormal in 48 episodes since the beginning. Yes. So I'm happy we did get to do it again. Yeah, uh, and that's that's what I like because even though like paranormal is not my forte, like we really have not done it since the first episode. Literally, and it's still a good topic because I do like like in the first episode I liked hearing the history behind the theater in North yeah. Carolina. Like I think it's all really interesting. Yeah, I, I always think it's fun. Apologize, mine was so short, but like I said, it was just my COVID brain. I couldn't 
couldn't deal. I just wanted to sleep. Which is very And I did. I slept and so I much. And I understand that. Um, like, we could have recorded last week because you weren't. <laughs> you no longer had COVID. But I was like, let's just give it another yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't want to risk you. So, that's fair. And like I said, I still have, like, the, the cough a little bit. But I'm, I'm not contagious anymore for COVID, at least. If I have anything else, that remains to be seen. Because I don't know. Because <laughs> the weather is changing. And yeah. my allergies flare up. Yeah, it's like, for me, I definitely know it's allergies, but for you, with COVID happening at the time it happened, it's like, it's hard to tell if it's like leftover COVID yeah. symptoms or... But it was fun to finally do this one. I'm really happy. Hopefully it doesn't take another season to get it again. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> and then I can do a longer one for some of the cases I really want to cover. Mm-hmm. But I thought Scream and Jenny was fun. Yeah, it was definitely, like, I'd Bless never heard her. of it. And... <laughs> She went through it. (laughs) (laughs) She went through a lot. (laughs) Shall we spin? Yes. Okay. So for next week, we are going to be doing history. Woo! We haven't done history in a hot minute. We have, even though you just did. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I did That's just do a lot okay. of history, so I'm just going to get to do history twice in a row, so I'm thrilled about that, I like history, so I let's do it, let's do some history next week, and for our drink, we got white wine again. Well, looky there. So it's just going to be almost a duplicate. I was about to say, Skylar's pretty much the same. <laughs> Nothing is going to change from this week's Skylar to next week's Skylar. I had a little bit of history. Like, mine was kind of history, but uh, we'll see. local legend history. And I guess we'll I'll get just, more technical. Yeah, we'll just be, do history, history, and then drink more white wine. So I'm living my best life. <laughs> I was about honestly. to say, Skylar is thriving. <laughs> I, this is everything (laughs) and we thank you for listening yes and if you would like to find what are you looking for i lost a ring oh no literally disappeared into my couch there okay (laughs) i was like it's just gone i was like what are you doing (laughs) a ghost was pissed and (laughs) took my ring hit it in the couch you got a little dragon a little hoarder i mean that would drag or like uh they're not dwarves they're Fairies, elves? Not no, 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 no. Uh, imps. The the little tiny creatures that live in your house and steal your val- valuables and like hoard them. Um, they typically live in like crawl spaces or attics. I mean, and it's not it, even really valuables. They just take shit. It depends on who you ask, but yeah, people say dwarf. People say imps. People say just the fae. Um, fairies. I don't know. Just steal. Um, yeah, I mean, just say Faye if you don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's the Faye. Yeah, they stole her ring and tried to start a new a new little hoard underneath her couch. You know. Casual. It does happen. <laughs> so, yeah, if you would like to find us as a collective, we are on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sip in Spin Pod. Uh, or you can email us if you have anything you would like us to talk about or any suggestions, any ideas, any thoughts, feelings you have. You can email us at sipinspinpod at gmail.com. If you'd like to find Brittany, her social media is Whimsy Dream or Whimsy Dreams, depending on what is available. If you'd like to find me, all my social media is Gleam YKS. Um, but as always, all three link trees will be down in the description below. So you just have to click on the link. 
Yes, and uh, since this is October, it's a spooktober. YouTube specifically will be more like on brand, on theme gaming for this month if you're interested in that. So not necessarily like horror horror games or anything, but just something more spooky. Spooky or just vibes, like autumn, October, Halloween vibes. So definitely go check that out. Yeah. And yes, we thank you for listening and we'll... I was trying to think of an old-timey way to say we'll sip with you next time, but I still have COVID brain, and I can't think of a way to say it, so we'll just sip with you next time. <laughs> good. Very good. Um, thanks for listening. Um, we'll have a we yield sip. Does that work? That was god-awful. <laughs> you guys can't see my face, but literally my mouth dropped, and my eyes were so wide. I could not believe that that just happened. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, we're going to get out of here before Brittany says something else stupid. Um, g- goodbye. Bye.